Welcome and thank you for listening to the 9-7 Podcast. Where we talk about our journey from 9-7 to now. We are your hosts, Neil and Mary Robinson. Though we aren't relationship experts, we've learned a lot along the way since 97. Welcome back, guys. Hey, everyone. So, what do you want to talk about today? So, tonight I was thinking that we could talk about marriage and the institution. Um, I think it's interesting that in this story so far, we've gotten up to the point where we're married now in the story. You know, and I think it'll be good to take some time to reflect on our I guess, personal beliefs or ideals about marriage. And even if we had any preconceived notions going into marriage, right? Because we told the story and it's been very rose-colored glasses, I guess, you know, that we both had the same idea what marriage is and what it was going to be and things like that. So let me pose the question to you. Um, What were your thoughts on marriage up to the day we got married? Like, what did you think about it? from like a little girl through young adulthood? I mean, when I was little, you know, I, of course, was one of those little girls that dreamt of the wedding day and all that jazz. But I also grew up in a house where my mom and dad were beautifully in love. Like, I had no real notion or understanding of um, families that did not come from two parent households or where their parents weren't happy and seeming to be like real partners in making family work. Um, they did an outstanding job of really displaying how to be in love and show that you love each other even after, I think by the time I came along, they had been married 26 years, I think, 20 something. That's a long time. No, I'm sorry, that's not true. They were married 16 years, 16 years. Still a long time. By the time that I was born. Yeah, somewhere around there. I I know I'm. It's close to that if it's not completely accurate, but um, yeah, and they were very much like partners. Like my dad was the breadwinner, and um, you know, he was just an ever present person in the house. Like he made sure things were taken care of, brought home the bacon, so to speak. Um, and my mom was, you know more of the parental side. Like my dad would get us in check if need be, but she was more of the parental side and taking care of the house, taking care of the kids, taking care of all that goes along with those topics. So So to me, marriage always meant um, showing your partner that you love them and that it was a partnership. Like there were roles and then um, growing up, they were just very distinct roles that each of them played so you would say it was traditional like the traditional idea of how marriage works and gender roles and right all of that kind of stuff right okay that's real that's real interesting um for me it was a little different 
Uh, for me, you know, my mom and dad weren't married. Mm-hmm. Uh, my mom got remarried. And for me, my biggest uh, influence and in understanding of marriage came from my grandparents who had been married a really long time by the time I came along. Mm-hmm. I have no idea how long they had been married. Right. Um, and that's on both sides. On my mom's side and my dad's side, my grandparents had um, gotten together fairly young. Mm-hmm. And they had been together by, by you know, in little kid mind forever. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, that was that was kind of my role model. And then, you know, outside of that being the only child, everything else is just observation. Right. Like my aunts, they were all married. You know, my uncle was married. Um, I saw different relationships blossom and then, you know, go away on, on both sides of the family. Right. Um, and I think that that was the thing that mostly informed some of my early ideas of marriage, even mm-hmm. though um, I didn't give it a, a ton of thought, you know, even even in our teenage years, even when we were dating, you know, I knew at some point I knew I wanted to marry you, but I hadn't really put my thumb on what that what that meant. What it looked like. Yeah. Like what it meant, like what did the day to day of that look like? You know, looking at my grandparents who you know, by the time we're talking about getting married, you know, they were partially retired. Yeah, well into retirement at, at that point. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And <clears throat> and they had slowed down quite a bit and life was more gingerly and and uh, relaxed even, you know what I'm saying? So It wasn't like the hustle and bustle of, you know, work and kids and things by the time we were talking marriage. Yeah, exactly. That's for sure. Exactly. So, and they had, you know, by that point, they were really settled into their relationship and and their marriage and what that meant. You know what I'm saying? Regardless of what happened previous, they were, we're here and now, and this is what's going Mm -hmm. on. So that was, that was some of my early, early things. And then, you know, my mom being um, religious and being in church and things like that, we obviously had that kind of Christian influence on mm-hmm. what marriage meant. You know what I'm saying? Even though I think early on in life when my mom remarried, <clears throat> that's when I started formulating some some of my own thoughts around it. Right. Especially when it came to religion and how that factored into a marriage. Right. And it can take it. Both ways, I'll just say it like that. Yeah, and and some things that, you know, I agree with kind of in idea, maybe even in principle, but the practicality or the day-to-day of it didn't make a whole lot of sense, mm-hmm. right? Like, ideally, you know, maybe you want a situation where, you know, as a man and your ego's attached, I'm being transparent here, you want to be the breadwinner X, Y, and Z, but, you know, living in a post-World War II America when women work, that could not be the case. You could be the stay-at-home dad and you maintain the house and things like that. Or you and your wife work and she could out-earn you. Right. You know, that was a reality of the situation. Even then, I noticed things like that because, you know, my mom worked. You know, she wasn't the 
stay-at-home mom. She right. she had a job, you know. Sometimes at some point in my life, I was a latchkey kid, and all these things started influencing not only the way I looked at marriage, but the way I looked at relationships, even because you know, looking at her working sometimes two jobs or more. You know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, she's she's earning a lot. She's doing a whole lot right. outside of the house, you know. And then a lot of my friends in my friend group at the time, their moms were the same way, mm-hmm. you know. So when we talked, you know, some of them being single parent homes, things like that. And we're all, you know, kind of latchkey kids. We're talking and it's just like, oh, yeah, my mom's at work. She's at her second job. Right. And it's just like a normal thing growing up right you know it wasn't abnormal so it's real it's real interesting how that informs a lot of things and and kind of even gender roles and and ideas going into a marriage and and so how did how did you think when we got married how did you think gender roles would work out or did you think about it ahead of time well i hadn't really thought about it like specifically to say oh the gender roles in my marriage will be x but I knew that I had some goals I wanted to accomplish that wouldn't lend me to be like completely staying at home. Mm-hmm. Um, like I knew from very young that I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. So I knew that would require that I, you know, go to college and things of that nature. So going on that path, I didn't know how, where, it would take me like I I possibly visualize myself staying in that profession and becoming a principal and whatnot and all that. So I kind of knew that I was going to work because I had ambitions to be a teacher. And that's even coming from a, a very traditional household and with a stay at home mom and everything. Like yeah, that. because even in that, like my mom was a stay at home mom, but she um took she became like the mom of the neighborhood. It was more like um she stayed at home but she wasn't just at home. So like she raised plenty of babies that still call her mom to this day because she was at home with them and you know while their parents would go to work my mom was the mom that was watching the babies and making sure they were safe and lots of kids would come over after school because she would you know she again was the the mom of the neighborhood they would come over and the parents would come pick them up you know later so we had tons of tons of um babies and kids throughout my childhood that I can remember now very specifically who my mom Raised. Some of them probably don't even remember because they were literally babies. Like, oh, I'm 12 weeks postpartum. Can you can you keep my baby for me while I go back to work? Type thing. Mm. So she was at home but still working. Right. So, you know, seeing that it was, it wasn't like it was an abnormal thing for me to want to do something else. She just was afforded the opportunity to be, do something while she was still at home. Right. So for me, wanting to be a teacher, always really liking interacting with kids because my mom had so many kids at the house all the time. And then just really enjoying teaching people younger than me, or even my peers for that matter. 
I knew that that's something I wanted to do. So it wasn't like gender roles was something I thought about mm-hmm. in in marriage. It just was one of those things that I knew what I I knew what I wanted to do, and I knew that you knew what you wanted to do professionally, right? And okay. that being married, I wasn't going to stop me from doing that. Well, it shouldn't hinder that, right? Is is the it thing. shouldn't hinder that? I know yeah. some people where it would have, but or it did, but it shouldn't okay. hinder that. Okay. I think I think going into when we were going into marriage, um, thinking about gender roles, I didn't. Right. I kind of went in with honestly the way I go into or went into quite a few things as a only child kind of um, kind of wide eyes wide open, but not making any assumptions mm-hmm. and letting the situation evolve organically and prepping myself to be OK with however it evolved mm-hmm. as far as gender roles, because. Like you said, even when we were were dating, uh, and I've told you this often, that you were the most focused person I think I've ever met in my life in the the way of saying, what do you want to be when you grow up? And then you say teacher. And then every step I watched you take through our high school career into college all the way up till we were married were steps towards that goal. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So, so going into being married to you i kind of just walked through the door and said okay let's see what happens next right and not really gave it a lot of it should be this or it should be that kind of mental structure you know and no expectations right so i came through the door when it came to gender roles specifically i came through the door like she will do what she wants to do which is a blessing because a lot of men don't come in like that. Not in my experience in talking with guys and their roles in relationships. More so relationships than marriage. A lot of them don't come in with that that notion. It's something that they have to kind of learn. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you. And And I was thinking, you know, she'll do what she will do. And I shouldn't put certain expectations on it. Or if I do, I should make her aware of what those expectations are before I hold you to them. Mm -hmm. And so... That's not easy to do either. No, no. It's It's definitely a work in progress. It's very difficult. Um, Because sometimes, you know, you don't know you have an expectation until the person fails at meeting it. And then you go... You're holding them to an expectation. They have no idea that they're responsible in your mind for meeting. Right. And you don't know. And you don't know. So then it's like you're mad and you're feeling away mm-hmm. because the expectation wasn't met. Mm-hmm. But they never even knew that you were holding them to it. So then it's it's just a big mess. It is. It is. And it's a big mess for, for, the, for the individual, too, if you don't do introspection, right? Because then you're mad. Right. And you don't know why you're mad. And you don't know how to resolve it. When really it's not them, it is all you. Um, but yeah, I like think... Like most things. Yeah. Are, you know, but it, it's usually a personal problem that you're... What's the projecting. Word? Thank you. Projecting. Yeah. And so, you know, I came in with that kind of idea. And then I said, I need to let this situation kind of evolve organically. 
and then I need to work at the things that I I particularly care about and and some of those things were odd it's an odd situation really uh, when we got married because there there are expectations right like you get married at least and I'm gonna speak just from my perspective right mm-hmm. when we got married the expectations that I felt was now I am the man in mm-hmm. this relationship and as the man and then this laundry list of things emerge from that mm-hmm. being the man in this relationship, right? And that's based on gender roles and right. traditional households. Observation and, and observations. All that, I'm sure. Yeah, all of that, right? And then um and then, you know, a little sprinkling of what you think it should be. Right. Just after having synthesized all that together, this is what I think it looks like. And I'm gonna try to be that thing mm-hmm. in the relationship. And so it was a little bit of that. But then it was a lot of, it was tempered with, I need to see what evolves, right? Because if I try to prod it or make it artificial, mm-hmm. I'm going to, I'm going to damage what we already had from our, from our standing relationship. And that was, that's, that was the thing that worried me the most, right? right. Because up then to that you're going to take away authenticity and it's. It, it'll it would fail right right so it was a really it was a really odd situation because you come in and it's like i should be the leader and i should be head of household and all these things right but then i, I but then like within the first man first couple of days even i second guessed Every single one of those things. Right. I mean, we were in a unique situation at the very, very, very beginning anyway. Because we weren't technically in the same space (laughs) for a while. Yeah, yeah. So, but it does make you think differently because you know a thing. Like, oh my gosh, I'm literally married. And it makes you think a little differently. But, um, yeah. But getting back to what you were saying. Yeah. It does make you second guess and well it it caught me because it's another one of those societal things right where it's like not necessarily pressure or weight it's just that you don't know any different from x right so you assume x applies to you also until you try to define x right you know what i'm saying like for me one of the big ones was defining head of household right like what does that mean and the first thing I thought of was, like, because, you know, I, I often reflect back to, like, being a little kid. Because I feel like things that little kids learn and do is so pure. It doesn't mm-hmm. come from a weird adjusted place right. or from malice or spite. Right. But when you get two little kids and one of them starts to give the other one directions, a lot of times the, 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 the answer you get back is, I do what I want. You're not the boss of me. You're not the boss of me. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And so I think for me, when I was trying to define head of household, I couldn't define it in any meaningful way that didn't lead me down that path of... You're not the boss of me. Exactly. So then I was like, this is an odd situation, right? Because it's, it's almost like I feel like I'm supposed to be the leader. And I feel like without knowing, right... I don't know if you look at me this way, but I feel like you're looking at me to be the leader. Right. But when I try to define 
leader or head of household, I keep coming back to you're not the boss of me. Right. You know, which made me really, really dig deep and second guess what what did that type of leadership look like? And and actually made me sit back, you know, early on and, and it reinforced my let me see how this situation is going to evolve before I start trying to make moves or position myself a certain way. You you see what I'm saying? Yeah. Did you have anything similar to that from from a wife's perspective? Similar to... Like the head of household example I gave. Well, one of the things that really benefited us, in my opinion, was how open, how hot we were, honest, open, transparent, Mm -hmm. um, up until that point. Because we discussed everything we made decisions together up until that point yeah we were young and teenagers and all of that but that type of foundational trust really laid the foundation of what I was going to expect in marriage so I never felt like like I always felt like you were the leader because the bible go deep in me and so I always felt like you're the leader. I'm not saying that I wasn't hard-nosed because Lord knows it's been a long path for me because I am very strong-willed. <laughs> and Understatement. And it take it's taken me a really long time and I'm still working on it with just understanding that submission thing. Maybe we'll talk about that another time because I've always just done ever since I was little I've done everything for myself. Like And that's not to say that my parents didn't provide and all that. Not saying that at all. But I've always just been very self-minded, accomplishing goals with very little assistance. Independent. Very independent. And so I've always known how to just do things for myself. So it was very difficult for me in that area to kind of relinquish some control. Does that make you a Gen Xer? Is that like one of the marks of a Gen Xer? Child, you asking me? I don't know. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Keep going. Um, but the early parts of our just relationship led me to understand that we're a partnership, we're equals. So I didn't go in with a whole lot of, you know, he has to do this, I have to do that, because we both were career minded at the time. You were your career was the military when I was teaching we both understood you know we need to make money we need to pay bills we need to you know pray together attend church you know that type of thing so I didn't go in with that feeling of I have to do this in most areas now did I put pressure on myself to make sure I cooked meals yes which was amazing by the way so so as a side note that blew me away when we first got married. And again, coming into the situation like I'm prepared to cook, I'm prepared to clean, I'm prepared to do whatever it is. Yeah, because being an only child and, and living with your dad and with your mom, yeah, you just learn to, oh, I'm going to do this, yeah. take care of what I need to whatever. live. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, and sometimes that's how you contribute to the household, right? right? If something needs picking up, you pick it up. That's your way of contributing to the household and so you know the first time (laughs) the first time you 
Now, 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 mind you, I separate the two, right? Because you had cooked for me a few times when we were dating. Right. But I separate them in my mind because when you're dating, you know, I understand that sometimes you go above and beyond. Right. Or you do things, right? Because you're trying to impress this person. And you try to keep that high expect high level of impression going through the course of the relationship and things like that even as we're evolving right and and but when we got married and you know um and you had started working and i was working and that first time that i came home and you cooked no granted just for context it still was like a little bit of time i don't recall exactly when that was i can't remember if that was before you left for that first time when you had to leave the reason why we got married early no no this is after i got back after you got back so it was in may yeah this is after i got back Yeah, this was a few months married but again we were a little untraditional in that right because we got married you got orders all that jazz right right but this is definitely after i got back and and because it had dawned on me i had been back for a little while at that point and it dawned on me that, you know, by this point, you had moved to Carolina. Mm-hmm. You were you were in a house. I was deployed, right? So you had been in that house X number of time without me. Mm-hmm. You had a job in the area. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I got back and it was like that first week, you know, again, that first week back is I'm home. You're excited things might be a little more elevated, right? So this was after that peak, and I'm like, okay, I'm letting it ride and letting it come down to what I feel like is going to be our normal, right? And when we hit that kind of normal routine. The everyday routine. Yeah, the everyday routine. And you were comfortable with me being in the house because that's a story for another time and all that kind of stuff. Uh, Then that's when, you know, I realized I go to work. She goes to work. You know, we're getting up in the morning. We're getting dressed. We're both driving in separate directions. We both go to work. We both come home about the same time. Well, I would get home a little bit quicker than you. Because I think that school, they let out before you got off. And it was we both only worked like five minutes from our house. Yeah, yeah. But still, you still have work day, full working yes. day. You know what I'm saying? And then, And then for me to get home and you have cooked the meal... It blew my socks off. I was I was so impressed. I was like, man. And and it really impressed me because, again, this was... I didn't feel like I put pressure on you to do that. It wasn't like I no, it was a completely it. self-inflicted pressure. <laughs> <laughs> because that's how I grew up. I grew up with a mom who every morning cooked us breakfast before we went to school. Mm-hmm. If it was the summertime, every day at lunchtime, there was a meal. And every evening... We had dinner. Like, mm-hmm. it was no, we're going to eat out this day. We're going to eat out. No, 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 no. If we ate out, it was like an extremely special occasion. <laughs> and I really don't ever remember one time when we did, to be honest with you. <laughs> like, every now and then my sister would bring over pizzas or something. We would have pizza. But mm-hmm. as far as, like, us as a family going out, I don't think the pocketbook could have afforded that because yeah. we were a big family yeah and my dad was again the breadwinner and Look, yeah was a blue collar worker so you know we bills were always paid we were taken care of but eating out was not in the budget right, right. so 
But again, that was an expectation I know I put on myself. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that it wasn't something you expected, though. Yeah. Then. I didn't know that then. Yeah. Because and- I would, like, be stressed out trying to make <laughs> sure I fixed a meal and that it wasn't the same as the meal the day before. And, you know, I could cook. I've always been able to cook pretty good. But, you know, it's just having to cook every day is like, whoa. And granted, we didn't eat at home every day because, you know, we had a little extra money. So we would go out to eat every now and then. But, you know, yeah, but that was an expectation I put on myself. But, you know, coming from my perspective, you know, on my side of the world, you know, when I live with my dad, he's essentially a bachelor. So that's, you know, he wasn't like a chef or anything like that. And Just then, eat to yeah, eat, eat to live. Eat, eat what tastes good to yeah. live. And you eat to live. You don't live to eat with him. And, you know, at the same time, you know, living with my dad, I was a lot older. So it was a lot of times where it was like, well, you old enough to cook, go cook yourself something. So then, you know, if I don't feel like cooking, I'm eating a bowl of cereal. Right. You know, something like that. And then on the other side of that, you know, my mom oftentimes had two jobs. So the idea that she was going to come home and cook anything that didn't come out of a box. Right. You know what I'm saying? Especially, you know. If she's trying to have dinner on the table by six and she gets off at five. And, right. You know, there was times where we didn't have a car and she's catching the bus, things like that. You know, by the time she's getting home, it's like I got to do, you know, the Rachel Ray 30 minute yeah. and put something on the table if I'm if I'm doing that at all. And then it's like, you know, days when she was just beat, you know, she right. just tired. It's like, well. I, I put this together, and if you're still hungry, eat a bowl of cereal. So it was just like, you know, even then, early on, you know, even on my mom, I would try to pitch in and help cook and things like that, you know, being the only child. So when I got when I got home that day and you had cooked, and I did you just cook, but you cook like a meal meal. Yeah, because that's how I grew yeah. up. You eat, you eat good. <laughs> that, it, and it, it just tastes blew me good away. and it looked good on your plate. Yeah, it just blew me away. It just blew me away. It wasn't until later when you revealed to me that that was a pressure you was putting on yourself. I was, I had to, I had to let you know that that wasn't an expectation I had, that I recognized that you work a full day like I work a full day. And that, in my mind, is unfair. And this is back to, like you had said earlier, us being equals because I've always viewed you that way. So it's, it's always, uh, no, if I'm working a full day, I know I don't necessarily want to come home and cook a big meal. So why would I assume that you would want to do the right. same thing, you know, regardless of gender roles? But I I thought that that one really, really blew me away. Other than other than that one, did you did you have any other strong expectations at all uh, when we first got married? I, I don't think so. Like. No, because we were both, like you said, we were both working. So it wasn't like I expected you to bring home all the money or anything like that. Um, I really can't think of another strong expectation I had, like of you. Um, Except maybe just I always expected you to be available to talk. But I'm one of those, like, wake up early in the morning <laughs> and like to talk people. So that was different for me because, again, growing up, I grew up with parents who were both up crazy early and, you know, literally before the sun would come up and I would hear them having conversations. So 
that was just like an expectation I had. Uh, quickly learned that that was not going to happen. <laughs> no, not with me. Not with me. But that was really it. And it wasn't like that took a long time to manifest itself. It was like, oh, he doesn't, he doesn't do the whole wake up and have a conversation thing like I like. <laughs> nah, I remember that first morning too when you woke up at like 6. Yeah, it was about 6 early on a like a saturday or something and you just started talking and i was just like this what you do no you looked at me and you said you wake up every day like that <laughs> yeah <laughs> i was like yeah that's exactly that what is I how i wake up every day oh boy right i was thinking no i think um i think the i think the only thing the only thing that was really interesting that i that i feel like i grabbed onto very early on you know with the cooking and 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 understanding those expectations was at at that stage recognizing that we were you know peers and partners and things like that um if i go back to the leadership piece that was when i started formulating the ideas around earning that moniker from mm-hmm. you Right. And not feeling entitled to it. Right. But feeling like, okay, what I need to do to define head of household is I need to make an environment where I have earned the role of leader. Right. Of this group. You see what I'm saying? Like, Mm -hmm. and that's got me down that that path of understanding that, like, with your wake up and talk thing. Mm -hmm. I remember thinking about that you know you know maybe three months in five months in and realizing that that was something that you not necessarily needed but something that you desired Mm -hmm. and it was like okay in the way of trying to be that leader that I think I should be Mm -hmm. I should build an environment where those kind of those kind of needs can be met and right. then I have to step up to meet those kind of needs and um, be as available as I can to fulfill those things. And then that not only earn or reinforce trust, but also earn you, you know, put myself in a position where you you say, I want to follow him. Right. Versus I have to. I have to. You know, and that that became a really big thing for me. Um that's a that's a vein from from then till now in in our relationship of creating that environment that that safe space right that that place where you want to follow me and you want to hear my suggestions and you want to you know come to me with a problem and say give me insight into this problem and you take it seriously you know what i'm saying because i think i think some of the observations i've seen that go both ways where a wife would give caution to a husband Mm -hmm. and he throws it to the wind and then something bad happens and vice versa. The husband's like, don't do that. And the wife does it. And then something adverse happened. Not necessarily in either situation. It's not necessarily bad. It's just adverse or it causes stress in the relationship. So I think it just really revolves around like neither one really felt like the full amount of trust was there. Yeah, that's really what it boils down to. That's what it ended up turning into, you know what I'm saying? But I think, 
I think people sometimes feel like that when you get married, marry, the institution of marriage dictates certain rules. Right. So it dictates the husband is the leader. And as the leader, he can dictate certain things to the wife and the wife needs to follow. Mm-hmm. And then when you in that situation, it's something that all of us would do. Right. Somebody walks in your job and it's suddenly I'm your manager. Do what I say. You instantly push back. Right instant def- defensive yeah you instantly push back and you instantly have an air of mistrust because right. you're like what have you done to earn my right. allegiance how do i know that you have my best you interest have my best interest at heart yeah yeah or that you care whether i keep this job or lose it right. you know and it's one of those things that i think even though we had built that strong foundation in our relationship i felt reinforced to try to push that while we were married that in this institution of marriage where the pressure we may feel from the outside you know through all those different things we talked about earlier was to fit this role in this role Mm -hmm. these ways that one we had i felt i had to create a space where we could do it the way that worked for us and i would be willing to defend that to anyone right and that was another whole issue too like we were doing things the way that worked best for us and there were some people that were like well why are y'all doing it that way yeah yeah exactly because they were traditional right or they had like different super like super traditional right i consider us traditional also but we did do things differently than what we had observed right and i think and i think those things became really big uh kind of rallying points for me to you know set that tone and to maintain it and say, nope, this is our environment. This is what we do. This is how our relationship works. And I'll defend that to anybody because right. we're doing what's going to make us as a unit successful. Right. Not necessarily promoting any individual person. Right. You know, so, and, and that's, and, and I think that was a, a really big step. And it was hyper important to me early on because it filled in the holes in some of those definitions I was talking about earlier. Like, what does it mean to be a head of household? What does it mean to be this? What does it mean to be that? Because now I have defined those things. So I knew what my North Star was or I knew what I was striving to do. And then I was able to use, you know, our different conversations as a barometer of whether I'm meeting that or not. Right. You know, and then I could adjust if 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 I felt that I wasn't right. And I always wanted to just be like a soft place for you. Like I always I've always just wanted to be like a a helper. Like it's part of who I am is to help birth things, so to speak. So like if you attached yourself to something, I would go like five thousand percent like yes absolutely we are gonna do this thing and i look at what i researched and i found and let's do this and then you look at me like whoa pump your brakes but that's just who i am like Mm -hmm. you have the idea oh we about to do this thing yeah and it's gonna be successful because we both working at it and then the soft place is just talk to me yeah tell me what's wrong I know. What's on your mind? Let me chip off the the block that's on your shoulder. Yeah, yeah. Let me help you relax. Let me, let me pick you up if you. Oh, you don't have energy. Let me give you some of my energy. Right. Oh, you got too much energy. Let me help you tone down a little bit. Yeah, that's a real. That's a real interesting thing. And and honestly, as an only child, that's a that's a. 
a special thing to get used to to have someone in your corner that has that kind of mentality towards you right yeah because i'm again the youngest of five and plenty of other kids and cousins around all the time too so you know i was probably the most to myself well me and my number three brothers number two brother um we were probably most to ourselves but um for me being the youngest i kind of was in my own bubble a lot but i still had that yeah you you still had siblings yeah i still had the sibling connection and all of that and Mm -hmm. the support there so it was interesting getting to understand you as an only child because me as a the youngest of five was you better get in where you fit in or you might as well just go back to your room yes i remember those days coming over to your house with all of you but uh, I think I think that I think that was an interesting contrast to to your point because when we first got married, I could sit in a quiet room for hours and be okay just with my own thoughts. And you'll walk in there and be like, "Why is it so quiet in here?" <laughs> it's, it's, I mean, on the same so note, quiet. though, you would be in a room and have the TV on, the radio on, and be playing a handheld video game, and I'm looking at you like, "What kind of madness is this?" <laughs> That's true. That's true. I could take it all in at one yes, time. Because I'm one of those, I need one stimuli and that's all I need. Yeah. Now, if it's too quiet, I may turn on the radio or turn the TV on just for noise. Because, as you know, I don't really watch TV for real. Nope. It'll be on. That's usually my, my statement. Mm-hmm. Have you seen Rocky? Well, it was, it was on. on. But, um, yeah, for me, with you, it was, I wanted you to be okay with talking to me and because i've always been like an empathic person who felt like i can understand and help in any given way um both emotionally and like actively helping out yeah actually give yeah actually giving assistance so like i tried to make sure that i was making myself available for that whilst putting pressure on myself to keep clean house and cook meals and all that jazz that's a whole lot man that's a whole lot wow that's a lot uh i think that's interesting though i i never knew i i think that's an interesting relevation no that's not the word relevation what's the word i'm looking relation no no revelation revelation yeah and uh and I think that's interesting because, you know, you wanting that means you start to prepare an environment for that. Right. And, and you know, sometimes, you know, sometimes I didn't see it that way, mm-hmm. you know. And it's like, again, being the only child, sometimes I'm used to just, all right, I'm going to just go in this corner until I feel better. But then you would say, no, come here. Let's talk about and it. And let's talk about it. And I'm clamming up. And you're trying to open up the clamshell. Which is frustrating for me. And, and me too. Because I'm like, can't you see I'm me clammed alone. up? Yeah, I'm clammed up here. I mean, we've learned. Like, I've learned when to pull back. Like, oh, okay. He literally needs some time. And then he'll talk. And then you've learned, okay, I can't just clam up all the time. Sometimes I can just talk about it. And then, woo I let it go. Yeah. So. Yeah, and it's it's a work in progress. We're still working at it, but I think, 
I think it's interesting to, you know, take the time that we've taken, you know, this time to just kind of introspect some of that structure that marriage brings and, and the preconceived notions people have going into them and how, you know, you can allow yourself to be pleasantly surprised by how the relationship works out because I think people forget that you're in the relationship together. So I feel like that means you both have good intentions, Mm -hmm. at least towards the other person. But I think people let outside forces, you know, whether it's religious or familial or just society as a whole, you know, what you watch on TV say, this is the structure of marriage. These are the roles you should play. Right. But it really should be. Let's discuss the roles that we should play. And let's figure out what works best for what us. What works best for us. That's Not just me telling you what works best for us or you telling me. Let us work together. Yeah. And work toward the roles. Quote unquote roles. Yeah. The common the goals. The structure that we need to follow for our relationship. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I think this was a really good episode. We went a little long this time. but I, I know. It's, it's awesome. Yep. Well, Any, anything else you want to say? All hearts and minds clear. Oh boy, we in service now, aren't we? <laughs> we gonna stand at the door and and, and let, wait till everyone leaves the sanctuary. Yeah, yeah. Don't forget to pay your tithes <laughs> and offering. The church needs that money. Yes, that's real though. In these current times, make sure you're supporting your local assemblies or whoever it is that you're getting your words from the Lord from. Preach. <laughs> As an aside, there. I agree. I agree. All right. Well. We've had a great episode. Yep. As always. Until next time. Talk to you later.